This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. for being here. Again, my name is Javier Gutierrez. I'm President and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. I'm going to make a brief remark. I will not take any questions. We are very disappointed that Tempe voters did not approve Propositions 301, 302, and 303. As Tempe Mayor Corey Woods said, this was the best sports deal, sports deal in the history of Arizona. The Coyotes wish to thank every single person who supported our efforts and voted yes. So many community leaders stepped up and became our advocates, and for that, we will forever truly be grateful. We also wish to thank the countless volunteers who worked so hard to try and make the Tempe Entertainment District a reality, and the Tempe City Council for their unanimous approval and support as well. Sorry, should we, can we put, thank you. While we wanted a different outcome, we remain grateful to all those who volunteered their time and their talent. What is next for the franchise will be evaluated by our owner and the National Hockey League over the coming weeks. Thank you very much. Well, it seems like we've uh, been here before, Jim Toth. Welcome to the show, Jets at Noon, 680 CJOB. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, um, I don't know, is this, is this perhaps the closest they've been to relocation? I don't know. They were pretty dang close back in 2011. Uh, they were a Glendale vote uh, from coming to Winnipeg. Uh, that news uh, now known. Um, uh, some of the things that have sort of come out from, from some of the experts here, Jim, and, uh, and let me just get this stuff on here, and then, then I'll get your thoughts on this whole entire situation here. Um, By the way, that music kicking in in the middle of that I had to leave that less in. than a minute statement speaks volumes, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are the chances of that on something that's not working for decades? Yeah. And a short brief announcement has a glitch and yeah. doesn't work. And yeah. Anyway. It's, it's uh, kind of like a kind of like a club beat, you know what I mean, in the background? Can we not roll the party music when I <laughs> announced that we didn't get what we wanted? Yeah. Um, Andy Strickland, uh, Blues Rinkside Reporters with the Cam and Strick uh, podcast, well-known out there uh, amongst many hockey fans. He tweeted out, options the league is exploring for the Coyotes include this coming season. Uh, chance the Oats have already played their final game uh, in the desert. Uh, Darren Dreger, friend of the program, uh, was, uh, was, was on earlier with TSN. Um, as difficult as it is, the league has to consider relocation for the Coyotes. Uh, potentially devastating um, new th- the NHL as well as the ownership of the counties knew the vote was going to be close uh, still options at the NHL is exploring uh, Matt Ishbia owner of the of the Phoenix Suns uh, th- there's a I don't know conversations or very very preliminary looks at partnering perhaps on a new building uh, in the Phoenix metropolitan area somewhere uh, in Phoenix um, buying the team uh, for Matt Ishbia uh, apparently not being considered. 
and some of the landing spots, Houston, Atlanta, Kansas City. And I know people are going to say Atlanta again. Well, we'll get to that eventually over the course of this conversation, why Atlanta is still sticking around. Um, Salt Lake City, uh, Darren Dreger suggested it might be a front runner. Ryan Smith is the owner of of the Utah Jazz. Um, uh, Elliot Friedman said that the NHL is interested in him. He's expressed interest. Uh, Quebec City's been floated around there, but I I put the odds of them close to 1%. Uh, and other cities as well um, that Elliot Friedman was speaking about, OKC, Portland, Oregon, Sacramento. This is just the sort of the conversations that start uh, developing here. Um, and uh, But Dreger seemed to suggest that Salt Lake City, to him, would have been would be a good fit and keep Atlanta and Houston as sort of the big money expansions to get the big dollars um, as things sort of un- unfold here. Um, Friedman tw- uh, tweeting out and in, in a conversation on the Coyote situation, if there is no local options with the Suns, then it's about moving the team. I think the question becomes if you if you move the team now or do they play another year? Uh, Frank Cervelli again with the daily uh, with the daily faceoff. Really, it seems more like a question of when and where, not if the Coyotes would relocate. If the project were killed, they've had more bankruptcies than playoff series wins and nearly as many postseason appearance, appearances, nine, as ownership changes, seven. Seven ownership changes so far uh, for the Arizona Coyotes over their time. Uh, the statement as well, no commitment to Arizona in, in any of the statements issued by uh, the CEO, uh, Gutierrez, as well as the National Hockey League with Gary Bettman, and also suggesting that this might be the end. What are your thoughts on the ongoing saga in the desert with the Arizona Coyotes that has been going on for over 20 years now? So I said to you today, it just feels like I've been covering this for 20 years, decades. And, and It's because you have been. Well, I haven't been covering it directly like I have been since the Jets came here. Because yeah. Well, even before the Jets came here, it's been since 2005 when I arrived here covering the American Hockey League that's been going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. I just feel two things. This this time, I think this could be it. Um, yeah. We're talking about a billion-dollar offer for the Ottawa Senators. I mean, <laughs> if somebody's buying hockey teams for a billion dollars, I think even True North should look at that. Yeah. And I'm not floating it out there that they will or would or do that, but when you think of the return on an investment, when an organization that you bought for what, is returning a billion dollars? One seventy, like I just think that that's you will ago. never do a business deal with that kind of return again. So, but this isn't about anything else. Then I'm just saying that with those offers out there, I think this might be it for them. Um, I get that it has nothing to do with hockey. It has nothing to do. It has everything to do with the population of Phoenix and the population of the state of Arizona. Yes. If they go to Houston, they will not be the state of Texas's team. Dallas is there. There's many other sports. If they remain in Arizona, it's about the 7 million people in that state that you can draw from. Houston's a city of 2 million, and you're going to draw from that that population base. Now, I'm not saying they there's, won't draw better. Yeah, there's, I'm just saying yeah. the reason I've been told for decades now that the NHL is so stubborn about this is the television and the population markets in that state. I also looked this if up, too. If you could somehow corner yeah. it, it's better than any other... Well, not any other, but a lot of the majority of the places. And don't give me Quebec because I know Quebec will watch in there, but they don't have a $7 million or $7 million TV proposal deal that could be in front of them. And what I'm saying is the idea of this is to be the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL in the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. And if they could do that, 
it would be a massive windfall. The yeah. problem is they can't do that. My other thought on this quickly, Cam, is so this is City Hall voting again against this. City Hall represents your constituents. If well, no, they, this was a referendum. It was the a referendum. Yeah, the, the Tempe citizens. It was unanimously so, voted on in favor by the Tempe City Council. Right. But in a referendum, it was left up to referendum for the people of Tempe, and it was a resounding defeat. So once again, whether it's in years past where yep. City Hall councillors, city councillors are voting yep. on this, representing their constituents, or now the constituents themselves are speaking, the people don't want it. No. If there was a politician out there who had a a riding of 100,000 people that desperately wanted to build a new arena, do you think he'd be voting against it? Mm-hmm. He would not be. And so this is the problem that I find is I think they've spent decades trying to con- convince people that they want this, and they just don't. And that's why I think that this might finally be done because, I mean, I'm not equating it to anything in Canada, but yeah. if if your city council votes against something that a referendum shows you want – you wouldn't be a city councillor very long. They're, they're, they voted in the past for what they hear from their constituents. Mm-hmm. The constituents themselves now vote on this referendum. I'm sorry, NHL. The people of Arizona don't care about your hockey team enough to want to have their taxes go to keeping it. The, you relocate from Winnipeg to Phoenix in 96. You stay in at the Phoenix Arena downtown with sharing with Phoenix Suns, which was terrible. Sightlines were awful. The team nearing bankruptcy decides to move out to Glendale, which was the ultimate disaster in, in this whole entire situation was that move out to Glendale. That was a massive blow. But they had a facility where you could actually sit and watch a hockey game. There, they've had nothing but problems. Um, the, the, the fact that they were 45 minutes away, every, you know, a lot of people may have made the trip down there. I, I, I've, I've been to the, I was at Gila River. I did see a Coyotes game there. Um, and... Obviously, that was that situation wasn't working based on geographics and demographics and all that sort of situation. So they get kicked out of they get kicked out of Glendale. There's all that all those words of them not paying their bills, millions of dollars and all that sort of thing. Like it, it's been constant. And, you know, we're, we're even getting text messages um, in this from Terry. Hi, Jim and Cam. Move the Coyotes to Quebec City. They're hungry for a team. And that would give Canada eight teams. Good balance. Terry, and I, here's, here's the situation yeah. is. This isn't about fans. No. This has nothing to do with fans. I would love to come on the air today and say Quebec City is the first place that the NHL is going to look at because that's where the fan base is, the most rabid fan. This has nothing to do with fans. This has to do with potential, and it has to do with money. This is the why, and it's like we're talking about Atlanta again, and this is the situation that that's going on. This is why the NHL has been so committed to Phoenix. Phoenix is the 10th biggest metropolitan area for the exact same reasons you're talking about Arizona. It's the 10th biggest metropolitan area in the United States. It's almost 5 million people. And out of the top 20, Jim, it is the fastest growing of all of those cities at 2% a year, which is in, which is insane. Dallas and Houston are growing by an exponential rates as well, but not as much as Phoenix and how much growth you're having there. That's why the NHL has been so committed. Yeah, and, it and would it would go to Quebec and it would be sold out. It would be a, and it would be sold would out be for success, the next decade. 100%. And the team would make money. But the NHL wouldn't have one of the largest markets in North America in their in without a doubt in the full. Looking at the top 16 biggest markets in the US, the only two that don't have a team right now in the National Hockey League are Atlanta and Houston. Right? And that's why when 
uh, I was reading out what Darren Dreger said, where they may want to keep Houston and Atlanta as big expansion dollar possibilities down the road. And does, who the NHL is looking at this, and I, I 100% believe this, and I'm, I'm going to say it. The NHL is likely going to go back to Atlanta for a third time based on the fact that it's eighth biggest metropolitan. It's one, 6.1 million people. That's television revenue, not just for Georgia, but Mississippi, Alabama, northern, northern Florida, all that sort of situation. I think Atlanta, they're going to go back to Atlanta. I think they're going to go to Houston. It might be in situations where they're looking to expand. And you know what, Jim? If the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes, whatever, if they relocate to any of these other cities, doesn't matter where, I believe that over the next 20 years, 25 years, whatever, if the NHL is going to expand again, they're going to go back to Arizona. They're not going to be done with the market because of all this potential. They would not go to this long of lengths and all this heartache for 20 years if there wasn't all these demographics, dollars, signs, all this market stuff. This has nothing to do with fans. And I know it sucks for me to go out there and say that. That's why the Jets left in the beginning. It's nothing to do with fans. It's all about money. It's about demographics. And it's about television audiences and capturing. And and, And to say that... It oh, it's never was going to work in Phoenix. It could have worked. It could have worked. That the ownership was awful. They never got the building right, and we've seen it over and over again, Jim. Where buildings is what kills professional sports franchises more than anything else. They can't get the building right, and um, and and and, and the team was was never any good. So that all adds up to. To, to, to things not working. It's we we a, got 30 seconds. It's an absolute, no, it's yeah. an absolute case study and you have to do it right. Yeah. It, I mean, Winnipeg's a prime example. You yeah. have to do it right. Mm-hmm. You had to have these contracts in place and sustainable so that they could make some money in the first three to five years. And then, and Arizona is just a case study. And although you got a team, it doesn't mean everything's going to work. Yeah. Because people think when you get the get a team, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. They do. They think that whoever buys Ottawa, it's going to work. And yeah. it might not. They, yeah. they need an arena closer to their city. And when that team isn't good in five years or six years, people are driving too far. It's a case study and you got a team, but now the real work begins. You have to do it right. And having that stadium so far away from the metro area of Arizona, and I talked about Dustin May, who played for the Moose and grew up in Arizona and is one of the few pro players ever, said, my dad works in the oil industry. He comes out on a Tuesday and a Thursday night, and all his friends from work go, we should go to that game, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the time 5.30 rolls around, they go, let's just go two blocks over, grab a steak and a beer and watch the game. Yeah, you've ruined your fan base by not doing it right and build, leaving that arena out there. And that's why they're trying to fix now. Mm-hmm. And now the people don't want to do it. And I appreciate this text message just from Eve. And I know we're way over, but if it's about money, fans in the seats at the game is what Bettman said. The Jets needed to sell out the arena or they'd lose the team. You have a population of what? 1.3 million people in Manitoba, 800,000 in the metropolitan area of Winnipeg. Phoenix is almost 5 million people in its metropolitan area. That's over six times the population. And another one here, just a question. Why does the TV population matter if all the millions aren't watching and don't care? I don't get it. It's about the potential. It's about growing the game. This is what this is what this is all about. That's the point of all the Sunbelt teams. It's about growing the game and, and making more money. It's not about the fans. It's not about it's not about that. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Hey, welcome back to the program. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, we'll have some time to get some more uh, text messages about the situation uh, in Phoenix, Tempe, Glendale. Maybe Scottsdale's next on the list for the 
Arizona Coyotes when they look for another Scottsdale or maybe Mesa home of the uh, uh, the fall uh, the spring ball home of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. One of the greatest lines in the movie Superbad is when he was in the room with those strangers and they wanted him to sing and they're like sing man sing and he's like oh no and then he's like hey my brother came from Scottsdale for this. (laughs) And it's funny because Scott Steele's like three hours away. He's like, he came all the way. Ah, crying. You sing. You sing well. My brother came from Scottsdale for this. The Coyotes came from Phoenix for this. Absolutely. Uh, my buddy Lyndon actually just texted. He said, he, well, he's an expletive. He said, move Arizona to Saskatoon. Well, maybe. Well, but that's – and we got to get to Derek yeah, Taylor yeah, here right yeah. away. But you're, you're bang on, Cam. Like if it was about – they want to be in that market. Yeah. Come hell or high water. And they've been through hell. Yeah. yeah. And high water. Yeah. And they're still like, I it just. My personal opinion. It's they want time. to be in that market. That's what it's about. It's about the TV revenue and the market itself. A team in Quebec doesn't get that Sportsnet deal any higher. No, it doesn't. It does It's a $5 billion deal. It doesn't. A team in Quebec doesn't get. But if you get that Arizona market and you get people wanting to watch those games, there's a ton new revenue there. A hundred percent. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's what this is all about. I wish I, I wish it was about where the hardcore biggest hockey fans or the biggest supporters are going to be. Unfortunately, that's just, that's just not what it's, um, that's just not what it's about. Anyways, uh, let's bring on Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here. He's at day four of training camp. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm 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 dancing on the ashes of the Phoenix Coyotes. I'm very excited for that to finally <laughs> be over. What a bunch I of ho- nonsense! I but hope honestly, to see voters actually stand up and go. You know what? No stadium deal has ever been good ever, and we're not doing it. I was I was really surprised that that was the outcome. Honestly, yeah. I wonder if there's any uh, players they- in camp from Arizona that are like, "No, my Coyotes." <laughs> <laughs> They've I'm been... going to have to – oh, why didn't I dig that up this morning? Oh, so how do you feel about potentially losing the Arizona Coyotes? I don't know what those are, actually. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I, that would have been a great angle for today. Shoot. <laughs> well, you know, Derek, there's always next time. Um, you know, lots coming out of day four from, from training camp. The big news coming this morning, uh, Janarian Grant on the suspended list, uh, speaking to a team source. Uh, he's dealing with some uh, with a personal matter. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, let us know what the latest is on that. If you know anything, Derek, as well as maybe, uh, explain to the listeners, uh, perhaps the purpose of the suspended list. Yeah, for sure. So today was the cut down to 75 players plus any non-counters, which are guys like draft picks. So to do that, you either release players, you put them on the injured list or you put them on the suspended list. Now the suspended list, it, it covers uh, a ton of different things like, Guys who are having trouble getting across the border, we'll put them on the suspended list, and when they finally arrive at camp, we'll put them on the roster. Guys who you thought you have a contract with that aren't reporting go on the suspended list. But it's not necessarily a punitive list. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few times last season where a guy needed to go back home to, to deal with some, some matter that's happening back home. He needs three days. The Bombers put him on the suspended list just because. That's that's how they handle it. So uh, I, we haven't heard from Coach O'Shea. He's going to do his, his news in about uh, a minute or two here. Uh, but, yeah, exactly why. One of the folks here said they saw Janarian Grant at the stadium before practice. But him being on the suspended list, you know, he could fly home, take care of whatever problem that might be, and then come back when, when he's ready to uh, return. And in the meantime, the Bombers can keep an extra player around to look at for a few days. And and then when Janarian's ready to return, uh, they'll then make a decision. We have to cut one guy. Um, 
Janarian doesn't need reps. He doesn't need reps in camp. He he scored four touchdowns last year, including uh, two in the playoffs. He he's fine. He's he's fine. You just hope whatever it is that he's having to take care of is not too bad or too serious. Uh, along that line, then, and what do you expect Coach Shea to address here going forward? And and what do you think he'll mention today about Janarian Grant and and others? I O'Shea likes to keep everything kind of quiet. That's why you got to ask it in a different way, and he'll say that's the same question. <laughs> exactly. And and that's one of the things about O'Shea that I, I'm assuming the guys like is that he really respects their privacy. So uh, he'll say, he may say, yeah, he had to take care of something at home. He'll be back in a couple of days. Oh, is he getting cut? No, he's not getting cut. Janarian's way too valuable. Stuff like that. He, he likes privacy. So he won't talk about injury things. I, I'm assuming he won't give out details of, of uh, you know exactly what what is happening with Janarian, but just that Janarian won't be here uh, for a couple of days. But yeah, it, it, it's a Coach O'Shea. Uh, it's his thing. The privacy is his thing. Privacy for the the people that that work for him is is certainly his thing. Will he talk about Rasheed Bailey screaming at the defense today? Well, that's that's something I need to know about. <laughs> yeah, him and Jamal yes. Parker. I saw on Twitter uh, mixing it up a little bit. Uh, got uh, Bailey got tackled on the twelve on twelves. I, you know, I wanted to ask you this question because I was I was kind of having this thought, and maybe it's just because of you know big shiny Kenny Lawler back in camp. But have we forgotten about the most outstanding rookie? Have we forgotten about <laughs> Dalton Schoen a little bit? I certainly have not. But he he's just, he's not a new face, but Schoen. I mean, 17 touchdowns last year between the regular season and the playoffs. And the, the most remarkable, more than 20 yards per catch between the regular season and playoffs. And if I think the last time that was done was 15 years ago that a guy had more than 20 yards a catch. He, he's ridiculous. He, he was at, his rookie season was absolutely ridiculous. And so when you try to forecast this 2023 season and you see Kenny Lawler is in where, you know, in essentially – Man, like for like for Greg Ellingson, you go, okay, well, you have Dalton Schoen, the top receiver in the league. You have Kenny Lawler, who's the second highest paid receiver in the league. Nick Dembski had 10 touchdowns and career highs in everything. Rasheed Bailey had career highs in everything. Carlton Agadosi looks like the next coming of, uh, I name your superstar tall receiver. You go, this is the best receiving core in the league. I know Edmonton's put a lot of stuff together, paying a lot of money to folks. But Dalton Schoen is, is the kind of the linchpin that makes this able to be the best receiving core in the league. He's he's essentially, I don't know, what was the season last year worth? $300,000 and he's getting paid $70,000? That's the kind of surplus value that makes Grey Cup champions right there. So we certainly have not forgot about Dalton Schoen. I think we all just kind of assume that he, when the season starts, he's going to be this steady rock and at least a dozen touchdowns and pushing for the, the league lead in yardage. And uh, I, I don't know that anybody is – has any thoughts of being concerned about what Sean will be this season. And uh, along those lines, I heard you talking about Kenny Lawler, your pieces on Kenny Lawler yesterday too. There's two wide receivers that took massive pay cuts just to be Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Between Bailey and Lawler himself, like uh, I talked to Bailey today uh, and uh, I mean, he, he was saying, you know, other places you don't have the feeling that we have here. He's, I think we all kind of understand that uh, a lot of us would like to make more money, but how much money would you trade uh, to go work in a place that you hate? Well, I, I'd like 50 grand more, but I'm going to hate my life when I go to work. That, that trade's not always worth it, right? And, and some people listening may well have experienced that for themselves. I know ha- I have in my working lifetime. 
you know, oh, I, I would take less money to have a better working place for sure. And you know what, Derek, and, and sorry to cut you off, but yeah. in that interview with Lawler and the clips we were running yesterday that you interviewed him with, like that's what he was saying, right? Like he said that like to go in every day and not have that championship atmosphere or to ask people to work and stuff. I mean, this is about the Bombers and why he's here and all that, but what I read into what he was saying is is there Edmonton's in a lot of trouble. Edmonton has a lot of guys that don't take pro football like pro football needs to be taken. Yeah, that's exactly what I took away from it too, and he didn't explicitly say that, but the, the one thing I would say is that Edmonton was in the first year of a Chris Jones rebuild. Right. Uh, Jones did the same thing in Saskatchewan when he went there in 2016, and it was just bodies pouring through there so we could find the best guys. And in that year, he eventually identified some guys that went, okay, these guys are going to be the next stars in the Canadian Football League. So it was all worth it. But yeah, that would be really hard to go through. And then, I mean, from Lawler's perspective, I haven't talked to him directly uh, about this, but I will at some point during the season. He was working with a quarterback who, in Taylor Cornelius who is terribly inaccurate. He's a bad thrower of the football. And what you see when you kind of analyze it is it makes perfect sense that if you have an accurate quarterback, your stats, is gonna, your stats are going to go way up, right? And if guys hammering the ball at your shoe tops, your stats are going way down. There's a ton of examples in the Canadian Football League of guys who have been harmed by playing with inaccurate quarterbacks. And you go, is this really how I want to keep going? Like, what's my, what's my value going to be in my next contract if my stats are down because my quarterback's throwing the ball into the, into the third row, right? So there, there must be some of that in there. And that's when you come back to Zach Kalaras, who's one of the most pinpoint passers in the league and certainly is the best quarterback in the league under pressure. You just feel like, okay, well, I'm going to look great if that matters to me in my next contract. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is an obvious choice. Bomber training camp reports are brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers from IG Field. Uh, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. Derek, you take care, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Derek, All right. you take care. Yeah. <laughs> you take care now. And have a shot for the... Arizona Coyotes. Well, I think he's yeah, gone, pour, pour one out for the other state Arizona players at Bomber Camp. If, if I'm speaking, and listen, I'm a very, very biased Winnipeg Jets fan here. When, but, and, and, but I understand, like, the reason why I talk about the Arizona Coyotes and I'm looking at it like this, and like, I, I know the business model here, right? I understand what the what the perspective is and why the NHL has worked so hard to keep a team in Arizona despite seven ownership changes bankruptcies, all that sort of thing. That An attempt in a third arena. Well, they are playing in their third arena right now. They'd be moving to their fourth. Like, I understand that. If, in my personal opinion, I, I look at this and I say, logically, enough is enough. Like, you have to try something else. Go to another market where you can find a, an arena, have some success. Maybe, maybe by that time, the team will start. And a lot of this has to do with the reason why the team has never really taken off it's because of, you know they were never any good. That 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 also really 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 really. Hurt yeah, when hard. they were good, they got like that's the the difference between Canadian NHL and American NHL. If you have a good team, look at the Florida Panthers right now. Look at Carolina Hurricanes. If you're yep. good, they'll show up. If you're not, they won't. And that's just where hockey is in the states. Yep. I I always argue with people. There are massive fan bases and hockey fans in the states. I know one in Kansas City. My good buddy was texting me today. The Bears are in Kansas City on whatever they are, the 24th of some month, come down and, and we'll go to the game and stuff. And then he's always like, how are the Jets doing? Too bad about the Jets. 
He was born and raised in Missouri mm-hmm. and used to go to IHL games. In, in, in There's hockey fans everywhere in the States, but you have to have a winner. Yeah. And I think, again, in Arizona, like the reason there's seven owners, and one of them was the NHL, um, is because the owners are, are they're businessmen. Yeah. And they get drunk on that Kool-Aid of if we can make this market work. And they're right. If they can make that market work, if they could become the state's team, think of that. Look they at, they yeah. would fill out very easily. And and people like Austin Matthews is from there. The, the impact of the Coyotes isn't zero. Austin Matthews is a result of the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's, it's owner after owner after owner because the NHL doesn't want to leave that market. And every owner, the reason, the other way to look at it is how could they find seven after three or four? Yeah. And they can because it's that. That's the demo. They're like, if we could somehow get 7 million people in a state to be all about the Coyotes. Because mm-hmm. like I said, they go to Houston. I mean, people are saying there's 7 million people in the metropolitan area. Yeah, but in the in the the population of the city itself is 2 million people. Would the game... You have yeah. the Astros. You also have the Dallas, uh, Star, the Texas, mm-hmm. Dallas Stars. They're not going to be the state's team. In Arizona, they could be the state team. It's the same reason as Utah's crept up now, but Utah is a population of 3 million people in the entire state. It's that 7 million people in the state of Arizona is why owner after owner after owner goes, man, if I could get this going, I could make a ton of money. Let's take your text messages. Let's go to break 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I mean, look at the Nashville Predators. Perfect example. Yeah. Awesome location for their rank right on Broadway. You know, right downtown Nashville, the team has been moderately successful. Went to a Stanley Cup, they won a President's Trophy, all that. Why they are got bitters, a hardcore fan base. In Tennessee, Tennessee was not a hockey fan base. But look, and I, and I asked this question, like, and and again, like, I wish it wasn't this way, but it is. Would the game be where it is right now, Jim, if they just stuck with the northern markets in the United States and Canada? Would the game be where it is right now? No, and and also it's um like Portland's another option and stuff like yeah Sacramento's so, getting floated Port, around Portland's like Quebec right like you're gonna sell the barn out and you're gonna have a, but there's no way to you know make that more than it is yeah TV market wise and everything else yeah I, I mean the NFL's living the dream they have three people that do their games and all of them are paying them four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. If Arizona could catch on as the NHL team in that state and get TV revenue and radio revenue and all that stuff going, and that's why it's like, that's why they have seven owners. And after five, they still get a six. And after six, they still get a seventh. Because like, if I could figure this out, but they can't figure it out. And now the people themselves are like, but you're right. Like, that's why bidders are falling out in Ottawa. They want it, and they're paying a billion, but they want the land in the city too, and they want the city to sell them that so they can build the arena where they know it's going to work. Yeah. And then it's like, well, the city's not, you know, it's trying to get the city to do the same deal as a private owner selling and all that. And Arizona got it, and then they're like, well, we'll be out there, and it was the worst thing they ever could have done. Why did the NHL, why were they so adamant for years to go to Seattle? 
because it grabbed the Pacific Northwest portion of the United States television audience. Yes. They had a team. Yes. That's why they didn't go to Quebec. That's why they went to Vegas. And that's why they went to Seattle. And I remember Gary Bettman after afterwards, he said. They have it the was, whole state of Washington that's following right. them. And they, got, and they got Portland as well. They got the Pacific Northwest of the United States. And they said it was a market. It was an area that we we were underserving. How many that's Jets That's why they went to Seattle. would drive to home games in Porters or Prairie? Tuesday, Wednesday, we got Saturday. We text messages saying that. Not many. Not many. I, I, I talked to a guy in Portage who was talking to me about the Jets uh, two weeks ago, and he said, I live out in Altona, and he goes, I'd have season tickets if I didn't live in Altona. No. But that's too much of a drive for 41 games. But he goes to six or seven. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.